Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Airsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. I am Mike Casazza welcoming in from the transfer portal, Chris Anderson. Chris, you, you, you walked the wilderness. You, you had a look around, shook the trees. Some players fell out. Uh, but you made it out safely. Congratulations. Uh, I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, you know, I had to get out there and, and see what everybody had to offer. Um, check out all my options. Mm-hmm. Here I am back, ready to go. That transfer portal is a tricky place. It's not, 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 it's an ugly place. It's not a place you really want to go unless you have to. Unless you're a Colorado Buffalo. You want to, and you have to, I guess, right? You want to talk about the jilted ex go like I mean not to go off too far on a tangent on that I saw there was uh was that the lineman that committed to uh UCLA and that was one of those guys that you know Dion was acting like yeah yeah I didn't want that guy and I was like wait are you sure because everyone else in the world wants him so I don't know what you're talking about but Whatever, we'll see if it works. I mean, it's gonna. I honest to God, it no, and this is nothing to do with Dion. This is nothing to do with Colorado. I hope it does not work because I don't want that to become, you know, the blueprint for other programs to go to just evict sixty out of your eighty-five roster players and just bring in new guys every year. There's no chance they're going to be good, right? I, I don't see how, but I mean, they they've been they've been terrible. So it's like you're going to have some kind of bump. I mean, I can't imagine what they were one in 11 last year, right? Like I can't imagine they're going to be that bad again, even with all new guys and new coaches. I guess they bought the dip. So even if they go like three and nine, it's a two win improvement. Dion can say it worked. Yep. I think what about trajectory? I think he's in year negative two. Is that right? I, I can't confirm that. I'm not the person to ask about year zero or anything, so keep me out of this one, please. <laughs> um, I think what would concern me more about this this roster shenanigans is is hiring like this Pied Piper, so to speak. Um, and maybe that that undersells like how good he could or maybe even is as a coach, but getting somebody who is just going to be like a magnetic personality or, or figurehead and it's just going to work the acquisitions, the portal, things like that, because that could be spectacularly awful too I, I'm, I have no idea how it's going to work out for Dion no idea um but like you could see a situation where someone else has a high profile 
maybe knows a little bit about coaching, but is this supposed to be this, again, this Pied Piper who's going to sing his song and everybody's going to come out to his school through the transfer portal or through recruiting. And maybe it doesn't work and you got like a four-year disaster on your hand that's going to take at least as long to correct. Don't know. I'm From the very beginning, this has been extremely attractive to me, like car crash quality, um, maybe like F1, I guess. It could be fun and exciting, but it could be an absolute disaster too. So we'll see. Not the reason we're here. This is not a Colorado podcast. Although people have been known to leave our nest for Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, West Virginia's transfer portal. The door closes, a 15-day window expires here on Sunday. Naturally, West Virginia loses maybe one of its more notable players to the portal on Monday. We can explain. But ins and outs, we have some numbers from combining the winter period, the spring period. We have some pluses, some minuses, some I don't know. When it comes to West Virginia, the portal is always going to be active this year and last year, especially so on the way in. Uh, to even out all the activity on the way out. But let's step back and let's figure out how this is going to look, how it looks right now. I just don't know how you can say that West Virginia is in a better spot just because the quality and the quantity of players they lost did not bring in the quality or quantity, I think, on par. But it's it's May 2nd. Who knows? Like We, we kind of like some of these additions, and maybe you have faith in the the roster to kind of grassroots solve the problem. So maybe we don't need the transfers to be quite as good. And that's the sign of a healthy roster and a healthy program. We just don't know right now. So a lot of this is going to be projecting and saying that don't know, but I don't know if it's as good as what it was before. In fact, I think it isn't, but I do think there's ways for this team to certainly get on its feet and kind of make progress in some of the areas where they lost players. And that's kind of the name of the game when it comes to the transfer portal right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers. What I got? I got 18 players out, 18 scholarship players <clears throat> on the way out of the program. I have not updated the snaps. You'll see that stuff later this week about the you know the number of snaps played. Um, but there are some, I would say, significant names on there that are that are on their way out. And and like you said, they they've brought in some good players. Have they brought in guys that are the caliber of, let's say, Jordan Jefferson leaving? I don't know about that yet. I mean, we're we're both pretty high on on Day Hawkins, but is he Jordan Jefferson? I'm not sure. Um, we can go that far. Um, Caden Prather, uh, you know, I I talked about how things went so far south for him for the entire second half of the year, averaging like 25 yards a game or something, really really kind of paltry like that. But he was still a very talented player, a still high upside guy. He's still young. Um, so that was, that was a loss and you kind of go up and down the list and well, that's why we're here, Mike, is to give our opinions of where things are right now. Cause the good ish news, I think for West Virginia is that the names leaving should basically stop. Um, we talked about on Monday, I mean, <laughs> purposefully, I think I even wrote the word foreshadowing in the middle of like the first paragraph. Um, that 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 the portal departures were not done done mm. because of one the forty eight hour rule like the players could let the schools know by Sunday at midnight that they were leaving and the schools had till Tuesday at midnight to put the name in you know it's forty eight hours from whenever you let the school know and then the second part of that was grad transfers 
anybody who has graduated can transfer at any time. They can enter the portal at any time. Those windows mean absolutely nothing to players who are being a grad transfer. And that includes here in a couple weeks or whenever, I guess, official graduation is, whenever you officially get your degree. I don't know when they, you know, that qualifies, but anybody that graduates this spring. So it's it's not done, done. But for the most part, the departures from the West Virginia University football program should be finished. And the additions are still going. So that's that's good news. All right. So let's circle this for a second. Grad transfers can leave like Tony Mathis. A player can leave now, but would have to sit out, correct? Right. That's not that's not appealing to anybody. And then I mean that's that's the only ways right now. Whereas they can add a few more people. With Mathis leaving, they actually have another scholarship they can award. We are in the are we in the last year of the counters being gone? Yeah, this is so I would say this you want to get to eighty five. Like not no matter what, but pretty much no matter what. Because yeah, this is your opportunity to go above and beyond twenty five, however much you need to get to eighty five. So where that now with that? Because that's a fluid number that I I don't know. We're I can, 81 I right now. So four so open spots as of 945 on Tuesday morning. And here's the cool thing. They're not going to replace a running back with a running back. So where they had like an embarrassment of riches, they can now spread that wealth to another position. What position do you think I'm putting you on the spot here when they get a running back scholarship where they don't need to go get a running back? Where can they put that now that they might have been otherwise handcuffed? I think linebacker, you know, we, we've heard a lot of talk about defensive line. They've still been kind of poking around with defensive backs, um, but they've been linked to a couple of linebackers that are very interesting. And what was it before? Well, both sides here of the linebacker group here. Um, the first being Bandit uh, with Antoine Powell Ryland coming up from Florida. He is, <clears throat> you know, people have sorry about the, the throat clearing there, everybody. But the people I've spoken with have said, you know, oh, he can play all sorts of places. Watch his film. Watch what position he plays. He is a bandit. And he's a bandit. He's a bandit. He's a bandit. Um, He plays a position at Florida called or did called Jack Linebacker, which, as described, is a stand-up edge-rushing linebacker that can sometimes put his hand in the dirt and act as if he was an outside defensive end. Does it sound like any position there is on West Virginia's defense, Mike? Sound familiar? I think it's a bandit, but correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that opens up that opportunity. I know people are going to say, hey, Jared Bartlett's there. And Jared Bartlett has had like three games that were just like amazing. And you're like, holy cow, this guy. Problem is it's been three games in like three years. Uh, and, and so, and that is a position that you and I have, have talked about many a times because the coaching staff has said the bandit early on when this staff got started, that the bandit was the key to this defense being successful. And they have gotten essentially nothing out of that position for like 45 of 48 games or something like that. And, and that's a testament to the coaching staff that they still had a good defense every year, except this past season with no uh, impact at that spot so I think it opens up a spot for a bandit and maybe it gives you more leeway to keep pushing for that will because that was a position that will linebacker was one that both you and I were like they got to find somebody 
You know, it wasn't something that a position that Neil Brown had talked about. It wasn't a position that they had really been offering guys at, but it might be now, or it might be one of these situations where one of the guys they're bringing in can push somebody else back over to Will Linebacker to help fill that void right now. Okay. Interesting. I would agree with that. And again, like if, if Tony Mathis does you a favor like that, huh. not what you want to have happen, but you can certainly make it work there too. Let's um let's summarize, Chris. There, there's a bunch of different ways to look at this, and we can, I don't know, we can get into them all here too, but you're applying headlines to spring portal season for West Virginia. Uh, not a lot of outs, a lot of ins, and then I don't know, backfill or, or depth fill or whatever, but they they fortified positions and they filled needs, of course, too. I'm not sure they added like superstar quality players or starter quality players, maybe even, but they have fewer weaknesses now and, and that's fine. They also did not take on weaknesses too. Um a small number of players. You're talking Caleb Coleman, um, I'm trying to think here, Jalen Shelton, Tony Mathis. But again, I think four people and not great big names or even though Mathis is a big name, not irreplaceable because he can be replaced by the roster. Minimal damage with, I would say, more impact on who they brought in. Accurate? Very much so. I think, they, you know, they they took their lumps in the winter, for sure. Because you look at the at the spring, like since, since that first portal closed, and, you know, it was still open to add guys, and, and guys couldn't leave till recently. But, yeah, there were four players who entered the portal in this second window, you know, that's if, if I told you, if I told West Virginia fans a month ago, here are the four players you're going to lose. You're only going to lose four. And these are the four players you're going to lose. I think everybody would have been okay with that. Like, again, it's no offense to these guys, but the way that guys have been transferring, you're kind of always preparing for the worst. And, and meanwhile, these guys are probably other than Mathis, not going to make an instant impact this fall even though they do have some upside for the future. So I think this this was not – this was a positive second window for West Virginia. Let's put it that way. Let me rewind for a minute, though. Um, they lose JT Daniels, Caden Prather, Jordan Jefferson, Charles Woods. Probably your high profile from the winter, right? I, I'm not sure how much that stings. Right. Is that weird? No, because I think that's that's where the nuance comes in. I think yes. you know I, I said something about with my my snap recap the ledger where I was keeping it's like it, there has to be some nuance. You have to have some understanding of it, and I do it the ledger wise because I don't know the nuances of the other teams in the Big Twelve, and that's the point of that story is to compare West Virginia to the rest of the Big Twelve. But like you said, I mean, you lost JT Daniels, and according to the ledger, that's you know several hundred snaps of a starting quarterback but he wasn't the starting quarterback because he lost the job and he looked pretty bad towards the end of his, his run there as the starting quarterback woods. What he, he played 15 snaps before he got hurt it was only okay as he tried to fight back from injury. And he, he fought back from it. I don't, you know, fans still give him a hard time, but he fought back after ankle surgery to come back a month later, even though he then, then sat out the rest of the year so he could transfer. Yeah, something but, went bad there. Something went bad. Yeah, I was going to say, it was, it's kind of odd that he would try so hard to come back and give this team what he could and then just almost as quickly 
shut it down to just leave. Um, but yeah, and then Prather again, the whole second half of the year, he was a virtual non-factor. Uh, and you're kind of running down a list like that. And maybe that brings me to my question for you, Mike. I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the biggest loss out of the transfer portal? The the biggest loss, let's say, for this coming year. And if you want to add in beyond that, that's fine as well. Which which one of those 18 players out mm. is the biggest loss? Still think it's Prather. And, and only because I'm going on potential there. I just think there's something there where he could have been. Like, you could definitely see it. And if you give him... Parallel quality quarterback play. Like quarterback play, it's as good as him. He's going to be fine. I just thought he checked out of games last year because his quarterback didn't have it or the team didn't have it or whatever, and he needed something there too. Um, that That's one that just I look at and I go, oh, man, you'd really like to be able to – if you make him the guy, I'm not saying you give him Kevin White stats, but if you put him in a Kevin White role where he's going to get targeted a bunch – I imagine he's going to take things very seriously and become a very good player. That's the one. But it's also hard for me to make that argument because I watched him last year and it just didn't seem like that he it clicked for him. It doesn't mean it, it won't, though. I just think that there's a lot of talent there and there's something to work with. Um, that one that one just concerns me. And beyond that, like you'd really have to make an argument, like craft it, support it, sprinkle it with like decorations and, and shiny things to make people look at and pay attention, but you'd have a hard time making a second one. I mean, and again, we haven't mentioned Jordan Jefferson, good player, but like, I do think people like that and their contributions are replaceable by system um, as much as by a player. He never really dominated and popped off the page. You're like, Oh my gosh, they have a Jordan Jefferson problem on the offensive line. And there are moments like that too, but what's your favorite Jordan Jefferson game? You know? Yeah, that's tough for me to answer. So I think you can get you can get out of that problem a little bit easier by the portal and, and maybe by 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 just a combination of players as opposed to one. Um, so it's a hard question to answer and it's hard to submit per either as an answer. It, just to me, that feels like the right one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm with you. And, and I think maybe that's a testament to, because <laughs> it feels crazy to say, because again, in that ledger and it hasn't been updated for, for the losses during the second window and the gains during the second window. But in the last update, West Virginia was, you know, one of the worst, most, however you want to phrase this in the big 12 and the country for snaps lost, starters lost, contributors lost. But again, you got to look at it through this lens because we're sitting here talking about the biggest losses being a wide receiver who more or less 
cashed out for the second half of the season or a defensive lineman that, again, I, I, maybe not a, a system knows kind of guy, but yeah, it's like when, when you're right, when, when name me the big game, like I mentioned earlier, like Jared Bartlett, like while that bandit position needs some help, if you talk to me about Jared Bartlett, I go, Ooh, Virginia tech game a couple years ago. Like, Ooh, this other game, like you know, there's multiple games where it was like, Hey, Jared Bartlett made a difference, a big difference. And you're asking me when, when was the Jordan Jefferson one? I'm like, mm, well, you know, he did do a, a decent job eating up some some blockers every once in a while, and and it may, I don't want to, you know, dog the interior defensive lineman here because that is a very important part of their job. But it's that's where we're at. Is it, is it Caden Prather? Is it Jordan Jefferson? Because a couple of these other guys, like Taj Alston, I mean he he was a guy that I don't think people even realized had another year of eligibility left, uh, like a seventh year senior, and he lost his starting job. JT Daniels lost his starting job. Reese Smith. It's like technically, I guess a starter because you know he was that that slot receiver, the fourth receiver, but they very rarely went to the four receiver look. So he's the quote unquote starter, but not really. Charles Woods, like all Big Twelve corner, except that was two years ago, and he missed all of last season. So okay, and Michael Laughlin missed two of the last three years. Okay, and that's just how you're going down the line here. Um, Again, nuance that that can't be put into just simple numbers. Players coming in. Not a long list yet. Didn't have to be a long list, though, but we've already seen a number of them on the field uh, during the spring. West Virginia fortunate to have the likes of Devin Carter, uh, Deshaun Pogue, Cole Taylor. I'm thinking out loud here right now, too. Uh, Day Hawkins. Mobile was not here. He's on the roster, though, so that confuses me sometimes. Uh, Montre Miller was here. Keyshawn Cobb was here uh, kind of an abnormal number of players to be around in spring football but that's the way this goes now too they'll also welcome in Anthony Wilson Beanie Bishop and Tyron Bradley am I missing anybody there Jalen Ellis wide receiver Jalen Ellis okay yeah that's yeah. another one too so a good haul already in and then some experienced players who honestly like they might have done spring football somewhere else they might have had the spring off they should be okay there too but um Flipping your question back to you, Chris, here. High profile, biggest addition. Which one? Which ones? Let's just go over the new group because we spent the spring talking about those other individuals in some capacity. But of the smaller number that I just mentioned there, too, receivers, defensive backs, defensive end. Which one? Which ones do you like most? I, I want to go with Beanie Bishop. I mean, he he is a guy who had a lot of success at Western Kentucky. So he decided to move up a level. He transferred, decided to move up a level, went to Minnesota and was kind of that that third corner, um, you know, in the rotation. So he wasn't getting 600 snaps like your standard starting uh, defensive player, but he got 300, 400 snaps. So he was out there enough that you could get a, you know, a proper read of his skill set and a proper grade from pro football focus, all that good stuff. And he found success there. He's looking for a 600-snap situation, so he ended up leaving Minnesota, coming to West Virginia now. And I, I don't want to say, you know, there's still huge issues at cornerback, but, you, Mike, I mean, you, for, for whenever they had it open and at the spring game, you got to see it. Like, is there a definitive, no doubt about it, 
starting pair of cornerbacks right now at West Virginia? No. Okay. So I think he is a guy who, based on his trajectory and what he's done so far, he has found success at group of five. He has found success as like, you know, the third corner at a power five. Now it's time for him to kind of take that step. And if he can and be a full-time starter, that is equally as as equally as successful or like 90%, West Virginia gets a huge upgrade at cornerback. I like it. Um, Reps too. I mean, to go from Western Michigan to Minnesota, I think that that awe factor about going from a group of five to a power five is gone. He should be able to cut it, I would think, in the Big 12. I'm going to go with Tyron Bradley, if that's all right with you, Chris. I like the leap from one year to another. And I think it happened maybe sooner than you would imagine, but maybe that just speaks to his his potential or his gifts. But FCS level, reminds me of a question for you on that, but picked up about 15 pounds between his first and second year. Still 6'4", 6'5". Looks like he's rangy, but... He went from just seven games, nine tackles, one half of one sack to an every game starter, 11 games, 48 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for a loss, four sacks. Um, played 600-something snaps after less than 100 the first year and then gets after the quarterback. Um, six or more pressures in a game, four times. Team high, 42 pressures. Team high, 32 quarterback hurries. Listen, they just need that off the edge. Like their defensive line is going to be at a deficit because they don't have Austin and Stills and Jefferson. Oh my gosh, didn't you say they weren't good? Never said they weren't good. And you don't have them anymore. So you're replacing contributions. And if you can get a guy who figured out a way in a short amount of time to get into the backfield, I think that's good. And again, the fact that he has three years to play two seasons, that's promising. Um, I think that's a, a good addition for them. Leads me to this, Chris. Hold on. One oh, question. I'll yes. get a pop quiz for you. Okay. Who had the most pressures for West Virginia last season and how many? Off the top of your head, don't look. Because you just said 42 for Bradley, right? Right. Do you think – what do you think the high, the high number was for a West Virginia player last year? A half? <laughs> 30, yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was stills. It was 30, and then I think the next one was like 20. So, yeah, yeah you're getting – it reminded me of it when we were talking about the the Powell Ryland guy who I was looking into as, as he was coming up for his visit to West Virginia. And he had in five games, he only started five games and he had 23 pressures and I think it was three sacks and two forced fumbles. And in just those five games as a starter alone, he would have ended up as like one of the top two or three in all three categories for West Virginia for the entire season. So I know people were thinking, why do you keep why do they keep targeting these defensive linemen, these pass rushers? That's why they need to get that up. Sorry, go ahead. Is he gonna get 32 and 42 this year? Probably not, but he's not gonna play nearly as much either. And if he can consolidate the energy and the effort into a smaller number of snaps, he can be productive. I don't think that's an issue at all, too. Um, Chris, a a lower number of junior college, I would say targets, but certainly signees, right? And the junior college players are getting are kind of bounce back guys. Day Hawkins, for example, excuse me, not Day Hawkins. Um, oh man, who's uh, Keyshawn Cobb was starting junior college, went to Buffalo. That's not a bounce back, I guess, huh? My point yeah. being, people who have junior college ties have been in the FBS at some point. It seems like not getting a lot of like two and three year guys from junior college, not just this year, this recruiting cycle, but um, recently it seems like. However. 
Charles Woods, Wes McCormick, Jasir Cox, Marcus Floyd, Day Hawkins, Luke Hamilton, and now Abilene Christian. I was trying to think of Bradley's school's name, sorry. Um, all FCS guys here. I would say the competition, the the routine or whatever, being a football player, more relevant than being a junior college player. It's less of a shock. Uh, I don't know. You don't have the vans and cheese sandwiches, I guess, that Bob Huggins likes so much. But is there something to this FCS recruiting? And even if you look at Connor Near, that's Division Two. I wonder if this is a new thing. And it's not new because, I mean, Woods is a couple years ago and we've seen the news for a couple years. But is this an investment or is this just me – Mountain molehill, one of those things. No, I think it's the move. I think this is essentially because of the transfer portal, and at least during these couple years where it's unlimited counters to try to get you back up to eighty-five. Um, I, I think this is the essentially replacement for junior college players. Again, for these two years, definitely we'll see if it sticks moving forward. Once we get back to the cap, presumably, and I assume they're going to go back to capping off how many counters you can have each year, but. Um, you can go with the FCS route or the, the you know the lower divisions route because y- you're getting a more consistent picture of what these players are. When you're playing in junior college, man, you could you, you you're going to see a lot of bounce back guys. So you're going to see guys who are FBS kind of talents, but it's so inconsistent. One week they're playing against you know a team with ten FBS players, and then the next week they're playing a bunch of kids who have a bunch of kids. You know, there's no business being on that field. Or sometimes they're playing a game and the guy that they're lined up against is not one of those FBS guys. And you're basically just playing a glorified high school player. Um, So it's pretty inconsistent in junior college of who you're going up against and what you're doing. And when you get to FCS, when you're doing smaller school stuff, it may not, it's not going to be FBS, but it's at least more of a picture of what you need to do and the routine that these players go through every single day for college football. So I think it's more they adapt more easily to the FBS scene if they come from FCS or Division Two rather than junior college. All right. I had to quiz you on that because sometimes I get these theories in my head. Like a couple of years ago, I noticed that they were getting transfers who had like a hidden year of eligibility, and I couldn't help but notice the pattern. And I got the courage up to ask about it one day, and Brown was like, uh, yeah, cool. That's that's Keon Wakefield, though. What are you talking about? I was like, oh, so much for that. So um in a much more uh, intimate setting. I'll ask you questions like that from now on. So thank you for the validation. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Closing time here. And we have not devoted a lot of, well, some ink, I guess, but words to him so far here. They add a big time transfer safety. It's Anthony Wilson. A lot of tackles last year, a lot of snaps, but he's been productive for a couple of years. And I don't know where he goes in the defensive backfield, except that it was kind of a high priority for a number of schools. He waited till the end. And he picks West Virginia. Who and what do they have here? He's a guy that could play all sorts of spots. He, because of the high number of snaps he played last year, it was over 900, which is just blowing my mind. Again, your your standard starter is six to 700. Um, so he is somebody who is capable of playing all three spots in that that kind of safety room. I know Spear sometimes balances between corner and safety, depending depending on what year and who's involved, but. He is a guy that has that versatility, and I don't want to pick on the two guys that are back there now or even the three if we're going to include Spear, but I mentioned this on the board. In basketball, we seem to have come to the conclusion that you get the best players. You don't worry about who, you know, your, quote, starter returning. If you think you can get an upgrade, you get an upgrade. 
and let everything play out. And the same can be said for football. Like, you know, if they're thinking he's a free safety, but they think he is an upgrade over what West Virginia has at free safety right now, even if it's a returning starter, do it. Like, you know, sorry about your hurt feelings. You know, this is big time college football. It's got to happen. So it could be one of those situations. It could be one of those depth situations. It could be something where they want to put him at Spear and then move somebody from Spear over to Will or whatever's going on. But I was told quite plainly he's a guy that could play all three spots for West Virginia. This is something we're going to have to write about, I think, during the downtime. But the cross training they did at Cat and Free, that's curious to me. Um, And, like, it doesn't seem like Spear and Will are necessarily the same anymore. I just don't know who's going to play where a linebacker, excuse me, a defensive back, because Cobb, Wilson, I mean, even to some extent, Burks, Burks is your free, but like those guys could probably play a number of positions. And I wonder, I wonder they're just going to goof around and have like hybrid things and, and just have guys who can play different spots and tip off scouting reports much, much less frequently than before and be versatile, versatile, valuable players. But we got plenty of time to cover that. Not a lot of time or need left to talk here, Chris. Um, baseball coming up. More on portal decision for players coming and going. We'll see. Maybe less of one than the other, but stay tuned. Windows closed. Action isn't over. Until then, I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you then. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.